This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hello, and welcome to Pregnancy Confidential, week nine. OMG, I'm really, actually, 100% pregnant. Pregnancy Confidential is a girlfriend-to-girlfriend real talk podcast from the folks at Parents Magazine, where we have your back and your bump through all 40 weeks. We at Parents Magazine have done a ton of research on pregnant women over the years, and we've taken all that information and what we know from listening to our audience, both in our magazine and our website, parents.com, and and our sister website, fitpregnancy.com. And we kind of rolled it all up and said, let's make a podcast. So we have 32 weekly installments, and we're going to walk you through pregnancy week by week, hold your hand, try to anticipate a little bit for you what you might be worried about and help you relax. I'm Dana Points, the editor-in-chief of Parents, and I have two guests with me today. The first is... Erica Janes, digital director of parents.com and a mom of two. And... Julia Dennison, Managing Editor of the Parents Network of Websites, which includes Parents.com and FitPregnancy.com, and I am pregnant. So we have a real live, right now pregnant guest with us. I myself have two kids. I have two boys, Leo and Eli. And so Erica and I have, have been through this pregnancy thing, and Julia is living it right now. In this episode, we're going to cover all you need to know about week nine of pregnancy. We're calling it the, wait, I'm pregnant? I'm pregnant. Oh my God, I'm pregnant, period. This is the week when, whether you've known you're expecting since before you missed your period, thank you pregnancy tests, or just figured it out and are still kind of in shock, it's really beginning to feel real. So we felt like this was the right week to start this podcast series. But before we dig in, let's start by talking about your baby this week. One of the fun things to look forward to during pregnancy is the weekly update from, you know, your app or your email or maybe total strangers on the street about how big your baby is. It's not enough just to tell you the size. Pregnancy books and websites, including our own, are compelled to compare that baby to food, fruits, veggies, and even household objects. So every week we're going to tell you how big your baby is. So let's start this week with Erica. A cherry. A cherry. That's good. I was going to say green olive, but my favorite kinds of green olives to eat right now are the garlic stuffed ones that you can get at Whole Foods with lemon sliced in them. So At 2 in the morning? Uh, correct. Okay. Just just checking. <laughs> so a cherry or a garlic, but it's not the bits. <laughs> um, maybe a gumball, right? Your baby's the size of a gumball or the smallest chicken egg ever laid, which ironically was laid by a hen named Big Bird. <laughs> Uh, so you can find out more about your baby's development every week by signing up for our daily pregnancy email at parents.com slash pregnancy daily. We'll give you the scoop. Coming up in a moment, we'll discuss how you're coming to terms with your pregnancy. But first, a word from our sponsor. Hey, everyone. I'm Sid Evans, editor-in-chief of Southern Living and host of Biscuits and Jam. Since 2020, I've been interviewing musicians, chefs, authors, and other Southern icons about their family traditions, their faith, their favorite meals, and of course, what it means to be Southern. And I'm excited to announce season five of our award-winning podcast. Join me every Tuesday for new conversations with some of the most interesting and influential Southerners around. Be sure to follow Biscuits and Jam 
wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us online at southernliving.com slash biscuits and jam. Okay, back to the show. By the time you're nine weeks, most of you will know you're pregnant and may already even have had your first ultrasound and even heard the baby's heartbeat. It's a lot to take in, and it really can leave you reeling, especially if you're keeping your pregnancy a secret, for example, at work until the end of your first trimester. Sometimes it's even hard to believe you're really pregnant since you don't look any different at that stage. Of course, you always have morning sickness uh, to remind you (laughs) if you're one of those people. I know I didn't actually find out I was pregnant with my first child until after nine weeks. I think it's crazy, but for me, it was like 11 weeks for a number of different reasons. We were trying, but didn't really expect it to happen as quickly as it did. And I wasn't really good about keeping track and blah, blah. (laughs) But I remember those feelings of like, well, the test says I'm pregnant, but I, you know, I don't feel any different yet, especially because I didn't really have a lot of morning sickness. Mm -hmm. What about you guys? Julia, how did you cope when you first found out? I wish I was that laid back about the whole process. But unfortunately, I'm somebody who likes apps and things. So with the whole kind of trying to conceive, I I started out being like, I'm just going to go in the flow. I'm just going to see what happens. But that very quickly turned into when I realized all things of like the fertile window and that like you could track all this. I was like, oh, my God, you know, I wouldn't... (laughs) Obsessive compulsive <laughs> mode. So that meant that I, when you're trying, and I think a lot of our listeners may relate, you are kind of obsessively looking for symptoms right around that time when you're expecting your period. So for me, I was just every little thing. I was like, did I just smell something a little bit more? Did that was that just a bit more fragrant than usual? Were my boobs just a little sore in the shower? So um, I was. On high alert. It doesn't help, of course, that you work on fitpregnancy.com. And so every day you go to work and think about the symptoms of of pregnancy. Like, I'm not even sure when I first got pregnant, I would have known that a heightened sense of smell was something to expect. I know. It's way too much information. And the other thing is your symptoms that you're about to get your period are very similar to pregnancy symptoms. So that can really mess with your head. I mean, I can't tell you how many times (laughs) I've taken a pregnancy test and found that I was just PMSing. So (laughs) what about you, Erica? For me, really, it was the test. We were trying, and I didn't feel any different at all, as you said. And I didn't have a lot of the symptoms. I didn't have breast tenderness. I didn't feel especially PMSE. And so, really, it was just that we were trying, and I knew when I should take a pregnancy test, and that pregnancy test turned out positive. <laughs> I'm always amazed by those people who are pregnant and then go all the way to delivery and then claim to not know they were pregnant. Yeah, I don't know how that happens. That's what strange. With that? I know. Um, I yeah. thought this was really funny. Supermodel Molly Sim said that she knew she was pregnant when she found herself gobbling a slice of confetti birthday cake with a plastic fork while her car was at a stoplight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, that would not have been a sign for me because that's totally, I mean, I'm not pregnant. That's totally something <laughs> that's I just normal behavior. I know. That's not the confetti. I don't but like the confetti if you're, part. If you're a super model, then, you know, that might be just stop everything. There's something really bizarre going on right now, right. eating sugar. So now, who was the first person you told, Erica? Who did you tell first? My husband. Yeah. He went out for a jog just a few minutes earlier, and I literally went out and ran after him, trying to find him. Oh, oh my goodness. That. That's cute. What about you, Julia? Um, okay, so I have what I think they call implantation bleeding. So, like, you, I was sort of spotting around the time when I was supposed to get my period. So I totally thought that I was getting my period, and um, I was supposed to go out for drinks with some girlfriends friends later that night. And I was like, all right, well, let me just take a test just to make sure, just so I can go and have some margaritas. And um, then it came back 
positive. And it was weird because I was just like, well, no, because I have my period. So I told my husband first, but it was like a, it wasn't like, oh my God. It was like, okay, so like this test sounds positive, but like, I think I have my parents. I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but um, yeah, there was that. And then when I realized what it was and it went away very quickly and it wasn't like a period at all, I was like, okay, I think, I think I'm actually pregnant. So it was a kind of like gradual build to telling my husband. Yeah, I told my husband right away, but it was a gradual build to that exciting feeling. It's quite a moment. Mm -hmm. I mean, my guess is if you're listening, you've told some really special people in your life. Maybe you've told the world. Mm -hmm. Um, It's happening more and more often now that people put everything on Facebook pretty early in their pregnancy. They don't wait. Did you just take one test, each of you, or did you like take multiple tests to make sure it was accurate? With my first, I think I maybe just took one and believed it. But with my second, because I found I started testing, I think, even earlier, and it seemed a little unclear, there was much less certainty with my second pregnancy. That was maybe one of the downsides of really trying to find out as early as possible, is that for me, then there was a several-week period of, is this really real, and is it really going to stick? Yeah, Yeah. the the is it going to stick thing is is big. And, Mm -hmm. you know, everybody at this stage in the game, you're probably super concerned still at nine weeks about miscarriage because Mm -hmm. you see all those statistics about how common it is in the first trimester. Mm -hmm. And I know at the time that I was pregnant with my first, I was working at a magazine and I was the health editor. (laughs) And so like you, Julia, I knew way, way too much about this situation. So I had seen the stats on miscarriage, even though I had not had one previously myself. And so, you know, I told my husband, but I was just like, absolutely can't tell anybody else until we're we're sure it's going to stick. That is why I feel... A little bit like you see a lot of people who reveal their pregnancies by showing their positive pregnancy test. Mm -hmm. And I just I don't think I could do that. But, you know, we are in a world of sharing everything on Facebook. And I did. We actually on fitpregnancy.com, we published a really good story about a girl who felt that um, it's really important to open up on Facebook even early on because really miscarriage is something we should all be talking about a little bit more, too. And, you know, if they're your friends, then they should be able to Mm -hmm. be there for you whatever happens. That's that's something to consider, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. When did you reveal on Facebook? Really recently, actually. As I speak, I'm actually in my 15th week, but um, I just did it last weekend for the very reason that I was just like, I know that announcing it on Facebook doesn't make a difference to anything in reality, but it felt like for me a little nerve wracking for some reason. Yeah. But after I did it, I was really happy. It's stressful to try and hide it. Yeah. And when I told one of my best friends, he was like, oh, I knew. Like the first time I saw you say no to wine, I knew automatically that you were pregnant. I was like, That's darn sweet. it. Like, what does that say about me? I don't know me. what that says about me. So, Erica, you know, we talked about the actual reveal and telling your husband and all that. But did you kind of secretly have any like, oh, my God, kind of scared or or uncertain or, you know, emotionally what was going through your mind when you first found out? Yeah, there's definitely, I think, a feeling of even though we were we were trying, it was planned, we had talked about it, we knew we wanted to have kids. But for me, I was very lucky in that it happened very quickly. We did not have to try for a long period of time at all. And so going from, yes, we want to do this to, okay, it's done, there was a moment of kind of like, oh, my God, this is really happening. I actually can say pretty much the same thing. We waited a while to get married. So the rest of the family was like, oh, come on, you know. And so we... (laughs) 
we said, okay, it's time to start trying. And and I really expected that it was going to be difficult for me to get pregnant because of my I had a history of like all sorts of really irregular periods and stuff. And then it was just almost instant. And so I think it all came more quickly than I was prepared for. And then it was like, oh, wow. And and this seems really petty. But part of the issue was I thought I would have time while I was getting pregnant to renovate the kitchen. <laughs> our kitchen in our in our home was a disaster. We had bought an old house and it had to be completely gutted. And, you know, there's all sorts of dust involved in renovating. And then for months, it, we didn't have a kitchen. And then for a while, we didn't have a bathroom either. And so we were showering in this sort of makeshift shower. Those are the two most important rooms and, when you're pregnant. I mean, I ended up sort of looking at this, this schedule for this renovation and looking at my schedule for pregnancy and thinking, oh, you could not have aligned these more badly. And as a result, I ended up eating like microwave food pretty much two-thirds of my pregnancy because I didn't have a working kitchen. So, you know, things don't go as planned. And that is a really good training for the rest of your pregnancy experience (laughs) and, frankly, for motherhood as well. But I would say surprise and then utter panic and then total excitement, even when we told the rest of our family that we were pregnant. And as a result, because of when my due date was going to be, the whole family had to cancel a really exciting vacation that we were planning to take uh, <laughs> abroad that my my mother and father-in-law were, were going to take us all on this amazing vacation. And uh, years later, I'm still feeling the heat for that. Yeah, that that's really selfish, Dina. <laughs> I can't believe that. You... How could I get pregnant <laughs> no, and spoil rude. that vacation? Rude. But then my, my sister-in-law also got pregnant very quickly after, so mm. I, I share the burden. <laughs> so we want to hear from our listeners. Are you still coming to terms with your pregnancy at Nine weeks, or have you revealed it to everyone? Put it on Facebook, you know, plastered the office walls. So tweet us. You know, you can be cryptic if you need to be at Parents Magazine with the hashtag Pregnancy Confidential. Every week, we're going to bring you a different thing that you can relax about throughout this podcast because there are so many things to get nervous and anxious about when you're pregnant, and you might feel a little bit of a lack of confidence about how things are going or how you might be as a mom or are you ready. So we're going to try to allay some of those fears and tell you what you can relax about. This week's Relax You've Got This segment is about the dreaded morning sickness, or as we like to call it, every waking hour sickness. If you haven't found yourself dry heaving yet after catching a whiff of like your partner's dinner, count yourself lucky. (laughs) Some women manage to dodge the queasiness, but 70% of women will suffer some kind of nausea or morning sickness during their pregnancy. Mine was really very mild, really passing, and mostly in my second pregnancy. So I have absolutely nothing to complain about. But Julia, I think you do. I Well, I got off lucky, I think. They say that morning sickness hits you most frequently around week six. And boom, when week six came around, I started to feel queasy all the time. But I never threw up. I only kind of felt a feeling of um, car sickness, basically, is what it felt like all the time. And food aversions. Maybe like a little hungover slash car sickness feeling. I remember I went to brunch with a friend of mine and she was so hungover and I was having the same feeling and the both of us were just like hanging over our breakfast staring at it looking completely grossed out for totally different reasons but like (laughs) just on the same page. It's a weird one with morning sickness because I feel like you call it the morning sickness conundrum because um, everyone talks about the fact that I don't even know if there's anything behind this but the idea that like 
you know, if you have morning sickness, it's a good sign because it shows that you're having a healthier pregnancy. And honestly, I don't even know if there's anything to that because so many people do not have it and they have totally healthy pregnancies. But I know speaking to, you know, fellow pregnant friends and um, myself, you always sort of have that feeling of like, do I have too much morning sickness? Do I have not enough morning sickness? Like, what's the perfect level of <laughs> nausea? To well, I think the upshot is it's okay if you don't have any, right? Because Absolutely. about a third mm-hmm. of women won't have 100%. any. 100%. And if it's kind of what you had, you know, the hungover, nausea feeling, yep. that's to be expected. Totally. You might never throw up, but it still could be considered morning sickness. Mm-hmm. And if you throw up, that's okay, too. Carry a bag with you. Uh, <laughs> I'm not joking. But if you are one of those people who can't keep anything down, you're throwing up constantly and you're not eating, then you're going to need to speak with your doctor. Nobody walking the planet ha- you know, is unfamiliar with this because we all heard about Kate Middleton and the experience that she had, which actually required her to be hospitalized. So... There is no shame in in having these severe symptoms. You really need to talk to your doctor about it. As far as remedies, you know, some people like ginger, ginger ale. I like that even when I'm not pregnant, when I'm nauseated. I had a friend who said that she carried in her plastic bag that she carried when she rode the subway, because, you know, we live in New York, so we ride the train <laughs> often to work. She had her plastic bag, and then inside the plastic bag, she would always have a half a cut lemon. Mm. So the first thing was inhale the smell of the lemon that helped kind of calm her. And if that didn't work, she had the plastic bag. <laughs> Erica, did you use any remedies or did you not need them? I really didn't. I was lucky in that I had no morning sickness. And speaking to what Julia was just mentioning, I was worried about it. It was not calming that I didn't have any morning sickness. I actually called my father-in-law, who's a retired OBGYN, and was complaining about the fact that I didn't have morning sickness because I thought, what's wrong with me? Why is my body not mm-hmm. protecting my baby? And is this a bad sign? And he basically was like, you're lucky. It's understandable that you felt that way because the theory is that morning sickness develops as the result of the hormone HCG, which is the so-called kind of pregnancy mm-hmm. hormone that goes up. So I can imagine you would feel like, oh, well, if I don't have morning sickness, do I not have enough HCG? But as we've said, it's totally fine. It's a spectrum. But if you get over on that kind of um, really severe side of the spectrum, you're going to have to talk to your doctor. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that's helping you relax a little bit. Yeah. And ginger drops. That I always keep them in my bag. I still have them, even though my morning sickness lifted at 12 weeks. And that's another thing, um, nine-weekers, that you can look forward to in theory, not for everybody. But they say a lot of people have it lift around 11, 12 weeks. And when it does lift, at least for me, it was instant. And I felt instantly better. And then the hunger sets in. And then I was starving. Yeah. But we'll talk about that <laughs> talk down about the line. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it for today on Pregnancy Confidential. Our producer is Sarah Abdurrahman. Our engineer is Zach Dinerstein. Thanks also to Laura Mayer and Andy Bowers at Panoply. We'd like you to let us know what you think of the show. You'll find us on Twitter at Parents Magazine, Facebook at Facebook.com slash Parents Magazine, or Instagram at, of course, Parents Magazine. And if you like the show, please be sure to tell a pregnant friend and subscribe to us in iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Don't forget to leave us a rating or a comment because it helps other people discover our show. Unlike other podcasts, and this is the beauty of Pregnancy Confidential, you don't need to wait a week for the next episode. So if you want to peek around the corner or if you're catching up because you're already 12 weeks or 14 weeks pregnant, you can do it. If you want a sneak peek of what the weeks ahead hold for you, listen to the next episode right now. 